That's why we glad to have you on this right. episode, our season finale, season finale, episode 10 of Do Better D-Dye. Once again, I'm Sam. I'm Ray. I'm Siri. Yes. <laughs> we got Siri in the house. So glad to have Siri on our show today. Y'all yeah. uh, in for a treat yes. this episode. But before we go further, the music you hear in the background, that's not our music. That's playing outside of Quicken Loans, Chase, whatever this place is. Just what 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 words? It was just so yeah. down the river. That is our history. Dr. Martin Luther King has marched down this street. Yeah. That Comine Young Center, our first black mayor, initiated that. That fist in the middle of the street, our black world champion who hailed from the black bottom of Detroit. Oh, I did not know he that came from the black bottom. Yeah, yeah, went to, it's a Miller alumni, love him. He and Coleman Young, I think, went to school together. Now, I might misspeak that. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know that Tom Biro is his nephew. Joe Lewis's actual name was Joe Lewis Biro. I did not. If y'all can see my reaction right now, I'm learning we so can. much right We're now. <laughs> but our audience came. Anyway, but... <laughs> anyway, just as we used to get sold down the river, we were sold down rivers. We lost access to it. We lost our commute down it. And for what? This. What is Hart Plaza now? Well, I'm not sure who it's named after, but it used to be Kennedy Square, and it used to be named after John Kennedy. That used to be where in the 60s we've raised much hell. <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, but here we are um, in the middle of downtown, mm -hmm. which uh, the community doesn't have the use for that it once did. It's not, I find it extremely offensive when I go to pay my tax or water bills mm -hmm. to be run down by skateboarders and run off the sidewalk by scooters. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they're building this city, and it's not almost like it is, for new people and we are to be pushed out of the way. So for example, with the Spirit Plaza, we're on Woolworth right now. The Spirit Plaza was voted in to be permanent, even though we have winter half of the year as well too. So in our plaza, across the street, we had ethnic festivals for every one of the ethnicities mm -hmm. that built Detroit. Spirit Plaza undermines the spirit that Detroit used to embody. What? What kind? Yeah. <laughs> WTF is my team. Exactly. <laughs> it's, and, and then the thing is, it's like the they don't stop at gentrifying our streets, our buses and everything. Mm -hmm. Now they're trying to take over social justice activism and work like that mm -hmm. too. So we're going to get in more sure. into that That's, about how they appropriate that. Right. Well, the first thing they did was destroy our schools so yeah. our children don't understand history. They don't recognize carpetbaggers when they see them. Mm -hmm. At Tell the us what end, that is. A sure, carpet a carpetbagger. When the war between the states ended, and you know what, they don't realize it, but the South lost that war. <laughs> okay. Reminder. Oh, oh, don't tell them that. Okay. <laughs> but Abraham Lincoln had in mind to institute Reconstruction to bring the South back into the Union and reconcile them and the newly freed slaves to bring everybody into the nation. Instead, opportunistic white people from the north went south with their belongings in a carpet bag and took advantage of the newly freed slaves mm -hmm. 
to take over, just as they do downtown, they destroyed, then they purchased cheap, destroyed what was already there, took over, and they really sowed racial strife by using the black people's ability to vote and hold office to convince the people that were already there that their oppression came from their former slaves. Right. When it really came from the carpetbaggers. And the carpetbaggers wow. were the ones that profited from it. And we see the same thing in Detroit. That people come in. That's the sound of the little engine that couldn't either. Make sure y'all check out that episode. <laughs> It's, it's a lie, so a big old lie. Mm-hmm. We have to pause our own little podcast just so... Just so that little engine that couldn't barely go anywhere and don't go nowhere. Actually, this is his last it. stop almost, right? Yeah. Like, this is his last no, stop. it stops by the county. Region. Oh, it does? Okay. Mm-hmm. Close to that spirit plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so, delivers people to that. So but, let's call but back. Getting yeah. back to the carpet beggars, we see them in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They come in and associate... Mm-hmm and insinuate themselves into groups mm-hmm. that are actually black people and their allies who live in the neighborhood. We have white allies that work with us, that invest in the community, mm-hmm. that take part in the community's interest. Then we have the carpet baggers. Mm-hmm people that come in under the guise of working with black people who put themselves in a position Mm. to have their picture taken with leaders in our community, trusted leaders Mm -hmm. in our community, who see a friendly face Mm -hmm. and don't realize what's behind that, which is an attempt to take over. even if it seems as harmless as them deciding on a path for you, let us make our own decisions right. about what our future Absolutely. should be. Right. What Absolutely. our community should be what like. What our community should be like. And follow don't, our lead. And as Dr. Martin Luther King said, don't go for me, come with me. Yes. Right. If right. we see people who want to tell us how to live our struggle Mm -hmm. they are not coming with us they are trying to lead us somewhere and historically where people that profit from our misery are leading us is not in our interest (laughs) we see groups that take names from history that sound like they should be our friends. We have right. a, a group called the Detroit Democratic Socialists. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've for years had the Socialist Workers Party and other allies in Detroit and the rest of America. People that view socialism as a worker's right and understand that the struggle is not against race but against class that all people whether they're black or white are oppressed by the one percent while their labor builds wealth for them the democratic socialists sound like socialists but think who else is a socialist the national socialist party which is abbreviated as Nazis, Ah. are socialists. So they say you don't really see them espousing socialist values any more than you see these evangelical Christians Mm -hmm. that preach about hate espousing what their leader, the son of man, espoused love. With socialism, socialism is a sharing by the people. It does not put anyone group in a position of superiority. And what I see from democratic socialists is that in our last major election, 
when we had any number of candidates vying for a seat for uh, to replace John Conyers, mm-hmm. and quite a few candidates looking to replace Jewel Ware as county commissioner out of all the majority black population and all the background population in our city, the Democratic Socialists supported two white candidates, neither of whom had roots or any long-term residency in the city. Uh, and Michelle Oberholzer made much of having done a job that she actually got paid for. Mm-hmm. And certainly that job was put in place to help black people resolve some of their problems with foreclosure. But that was her job. She did not do this out of the kindness of her heart. (laughs) If she was doing it out of the kindness of her heart, she wouldn't have taken a leave of absence to run a campaign in an area she had never lived in. And make connections with people, real exactly. authentic relationships, and not just, I need your name and your phone number and this, and I need you to do something for us on a transactional basis, and then when the mission's done, I don't speak to you anymore. That's how they kind of roll. Well, That's I how these carpetbaggers, as you so say, roll. I have so much seen her, but she did run her campaign with, uh, I'm sorry, his mind has kind of been wiped out like, like, the pyramids or something from my <laughs> mind uh, because she campaigned with him and I took pictures of them campaigning in my neighborhood in mm-hmm. North End, mm-hmm. which although we have an influx of gentrifiers we have an influx of people actually wanting to be in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and we have an influx of carpet bags. Yes. <laughs> when I uh, saw them in my neighborhood first thing I knew I opened my door and some of their campaign literature was in my doorway. Then I walked around to a neighborhood gathering and it was like an invasion of Caucasians. Nice rhymes. There was not, there was not a black person handing out literature right. for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your neighborhood is predominantly they, black, right? Did they hire was, anybody in their team that was African-American oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that they did, but what did was get a lot of pictures taken with black people. He certainly, I think, first might have supported Shri, and I, I'm not going to speak to that as a fact, but he made sure to get his picture taken with, uh, who was the gentleman? Oh, the former candidate, it was Abdul Al-Sayed. Yes, yeah, with uh, Dr. Al-Sayed. Dr. Al-Sayed, I'm and sorry. And also with Rashida mm-hmm. Tlaib. And uh, to say nothing of myself and my brother, who he certainly didn't ask for permission from us or the photographer to use our picture. Wow. Okay. So they took pictures of you. Yeah, but he took pictures of any number of black people he had interacted with. And he certainly didn't bother to say that a lot of these people at that point were having nothing to do with him. Did they get and they didn't get your permission, did they? No, not at all. Or any of the other people? Why should they have? I don't know about the other people. Mm -hmm. I know they did not get mine. They did not get my brothers. Mm -hmm. And long after we had our dialogue and he claimed that he had picked up all his campaign literature, my brother found some at the Avalon Bakery. And they were popping up various places Mm -hmm. where he might be. And definitely in my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. implying an endorsement for me. Well, once you found out about all this literature with your picture on it, Mm -hmm. and your brother's picture on it, and you didn't have any permission, well, you know, then, I figured uh, it was all by then. Yeah. Uh, how'd you feel? <laughs> how did I? How did I feel? I feel like this look that's on my face right now. Like, Y'all don't want to see it. You don't want to see it, but it's uh, what I the, felt like was mm. I don't know how you feel when someone that at one time you had imagined was your friend mm-hmm. and your ally mm-hmm. betrays you. I, I wasn't as greatly shocked as I might have been because I had seen 
betray other people. Oh. So For somebody laying claim to be a socialist and whose campaign literature implied that he was a labor union member, I was shocked to see that he wasn't too on point about paying people that he contracted with to do work for, as long as they were black. Wow. Okay. So they didn't get. So this some real carpet bagging. Right yes. now, in, in, in 2016 through now, even yes. earlier than and that, because you said he had a history of using other people and using doing other this. people. And another major problem of mine is they're using the name Freedom Riders to describe their group. They call them the, themselves the Motor City Freedom Riders. Most of them aren't from the Motor City, and they have no relationship to the history of the Freedom Riders. Uh, another thing I say about how history is stolen from us, the history of Detroit's Freedom Riders includes beatings, harassment, and death. Viola Louisa was from our area. She died. Campaigning with the Freedom Riders. Numerous people, black and white, mm -hmm. died. I don't see any of that kind of dedication or sacrifice mm -hmm. from people that took on their name. And they add insult to injury by running around making Rosa Parks their token Negro with her image transposed so that she is a white Rosa Parks and anybody who doesn't know the history might actually think she was. Wow. It's okay. Yeah. So what have they stood wow. to gain out of this? The group that denied affiliation with, mm -hmm. which was Moses, mm -hmm. ran several candidates in that race. They were all white. <laughs> so okay. they- I want to remind y'all that Detroit's the majority black city, by the way, just to put yeah. that out there. What's the percentage about? About a little, it's over High 80%. 80s? Yeah. In, the, in the 80s, yeah. 80%. Not and unfortunately are declining. We, are yeah. we majority black? But our history over the past 50 years has been written in black on white. Our mm -hmm. first black mayor, Coleman Young, was a figure of historical significance, a man of principle and courage who stood before the House Un-American Activities Commission and corrected them on the pronunciation of his people's name, who told them that they might know some snitches, but he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go a little bit back, Siri. Let's take it back. Okay. Um, so how long have you lived in Detroit? You've lived here your whole life, right? I've lived here since I was about three years old, I believe, since 1956. Okay, yeah. And that was a time in which black home ownership mm -hmm. was on the rise. Right. Black employment was almost assured and blacks were getting into unions, trade mm -hmm. unions, and labor unions. Not without a fight. Oh yeah. Because uh -huh. they were not just welcomed, although the unions would like us to think that mm -hmm. now, but it, it's not really the case. But at that time, we had a lot of segregation, though, still in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, I went to Detroit's public schools, however, and at that time, it was a major middle-class triumph to okay. be a school teacher. Mm -hmm. That was a respected position and something people aimed at. We had black businesses in our black neighborhoods mm -hmm. before we saw the dream of education. Neighborhoods that I lived in would have their own movie theater, shoe repair shop, grocery stores, bakeries, dry cleaners. Yeah, uh, education 
and corporations both kind of took away you begin to have chains supermarket chains dry cleaning chains all this stuff took away from the small business people in Detroit Right. But one thing that was important to most families when I was coming up in the 50s was one, education, and two, homeownership. Went into the 60s, and equality became more of an issue where people wanted more for their children than being laborers. Mm -hmm. So the civil rights era intervened. Mm -hmm. And education was still important. One of the, the biggest things that teenagers, high schoolers, protested about in the 60s was adding some black history and some of our culture oh. to schools. Okay. I've talked to children two generations later. They have no idea who Ralph Bunch was. I, I saw a child interviewed on TV and they asked her who Martin Luther King was and she said, oh, he freed the slaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, God. I'm putting my face palm, y'all. Face palm. Hi. Oh, yes. Okay, uh, so let's, um, so we talked about like the fact that you've lived here all your life and what it was like growing up for you here in Detroit. How did you get into activism? Like, I just want to know. I was two years old, and my grandfather scratched me with his whiskers, and I gave my black eye. <laughs> Thus, a star was born. <laughs> like, <laughs> but how it began to focus wasn't that much later. I started first grade uh, in a school in the projects, and, and I always had a problem with people deciding not to pronounce my name as I pronounced it. <laughs> okay. But I had a first grade teacher, Miss Allen, who gave me another child's school supplies and then accused me of having stolen them. And after that, that I was six. I hated school the rest of my life. So <laughs> I guess I was just a little troublemaker in school. <laughs> And the troublemaking turned into activism later on, or you just stayed a troublemaker for a while? You know, there's a thin line between the two, but mm. when uh, I was in the eighth grade in Catholic school, I had a teacher who had taken refuge in Detroit from the civil rights movement, Mr. Fisher. And he was the first teacher to speak to me about the struggle for civil rights. Now, my mother had always been strong on not allowing teachers to downgrade us or teach us crap like little black Sambo. She went and ran the nuns out of Dodge about <laughs> little black Sambo. But uh, Mr. Fisher really gave me a sense of people holding their head up and fighting back, you know, spoke to me. And then when I um, went to KS Tech for a brief while, oh, no, <laughs> well, that was after they threw me out of Catholic school. Oh my, okay, Siri, so get thrown out. <laughs> well, I didn't, they told my mother I would be happier somewhere else because I was telling people their religion was the opiate of the people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so at Cass Tech, they told my mother I would be happier at a neighborhood school, but before they told her that, uh, we started an African-American studies club at Cass Tech, and Dr. Gloria House was our club sponsor. The first woman that I ever knew in a per, in a professional capacity who wore her natural hair. Wow, okay. And she introduced us to CORE, the student non-violating violent. The SNCC CORE. Oh my God, SNCC, wow. Uh, the teachings of uh, Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad. And uh, we met people 
that uh, were active in those movements. Oh my God! It's this stuff that I read in my history book. Your living history of this. Sure. So it's... basically, that being the case, I was still at Cass oh. when Dr. King was killed, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a walkout. <laughs> Where, okay, well, after he was killed, you know, I was all militant and stuff, but I decided that it was significant to me that he had cared enough, knowing, and he knew that he was going to die. Mm -hmm. And history and the media and the facts tell us he, he knew that he didn't have long to live. He said longevity was, you know, not something he saw for himself. He knew he had looked down from his mountain, but that he wasn't going to get across right. it. So I thought, well, if that meant enough to him, let me try this nonviolent stuff out. It sounds very tired, but I, <laughs> when, I went on his uh, the last campaign that he planned, the Poor People's Campaign, and um, that was an amazing amazing experience. I think I met the young Dr. Jesse Jackson in Washington. He was working with the gangs on the south side of Chicago at that time. Hosea Williams, Ralph Abernathy, Sammy Davis Jr. came to the march. Shake his hand. Wow. But uh, march there and I came back and they threw me out of cast because I had left <laughs> You ain't doing no real work if you ain't yeah. getting thrown out and kicked right. out you of cast. Whatever, you were too badass for them anyway, so. Right. That was, it it was what it was. So uh, I went through my Muslim period of the white man is the devil and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, got through that, but I think that when I found my real revolution was when I went to work at the phone company and joined the labor union. So I spent 30 years uh, off and on as a union steward. And I learned to organize. Mm -hmm. I learned to be unified. Mm -hmm. I learned to take pride. And I learned not to back up. I learned to negotiate, but from a position of strength. I learned that when you go to the bargaining table, if the other person has agreed to sit down and bargain with you, you bargain as equals. So I learned from that to step up and stand up for people who often were in the right but weren't capable of expressing their cause. So, here I am. You are. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now. So you did share a bit of history of your experience with, we'll call them new Detroit activists, the carpetbaggers, so to speak. Mm So, right, quotes around activists. <laughs> so you said you had some things happen with like everything. Any any other instances that you that you I run into with him? As I say, the Democratic Socialist Organization and their support of unqualified candidates mm-hmm. in what appears to be just because they're white, yeah, or they're mm-hmm. buddies, or right. Whatever, because as has been the case in our history in America, oftentimes white people cannot relate to the harm mm-hmm. that they see other white people do to black people. Uh, Even uh-huh. though if it were done to them, they would be outraged. Mm-hmm. But it seems that it, it just... We're only black people. Yeah. And we're used when we're needed, and when we're not needed, just discard it. Where if it's a campaign or something, we're needed for that, but most of the time, it's just it's basically black face activism. We're we're numbers that they accumulate. Mm -hmm. For and sources of ideas. Yes. Yeah. Right. So oh yeah, they, they use ideas. our ideas yeah. certainly. Take credit um, for everything. We do all the work. 
We do the hard, nitty-gritty work. Exactly. And then we trust them because we don't think that they're going to do... To, because we have a mind, we don't have that mindset, right? So we don't think that nobody else will do that to us, mm -hmm. but they do it without thinking. They do yeah. it without thought. Yeah. And then, as I say, the people who might be people of a good heart yeah. just find it hard to recognize or believe that this was actually deliberately done. Right. And when I see somebody enter into a verbal contract and start somebody doing work for them, oh, yeah. and then turn around, fire them without notice, and decline to pay them for the time they put in, wow. and then I see them hire another black person and not perhaps totally refuse to pay them, but tell them, oh, I have to get your money from someone else, so you'll have to wait on it. Okay, my bills ain't wait. My bills don't put on wait. I can't call the company no, and right. say, hey. And, and yours, yours don't either. So how can right. you tell you got someone overqualified who, because they, like me, believed that your heart was in the right place and that you were doing something positive and in order to do good in their community, they worked with you even though you couldn't pay them what they earned and then you don't even want to pay them what you owe them. So much what you what? owe them, what, what you've agreed to work for them for less and, and you're not going to pay like them. That sounds like the first two or three hundred years of this country, now does it? In a, in a way. Eerily it similar. Does. In a, it right, does. Right. Yeah. Take this boat ride. We're going to show you a good time. Whoops, there's a cotton field. Get to work. So and be happy about it. Too. Right. Be grateful, but, as they're saying now. Be grateful. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we see that and not awful impressed with our mayor. Another person that I right. consider to be a carpetbagger, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Since before I was your age, that mayor has been investigated and his connections investigated and the McNamara machine investigated really and Detroit elects him mayor. He's For promised, reason. <laughs> he's promised to fix the sewers. Oh. This six years later, the sewers are still flooded. Yeah. He claimed to be sympathetic to bus riders when he rode by on a snowy day and saw them out there standing at a bus stop. You think he stopped his limo and gave any of the old people a ride? Hell to the no. And yet, people went to the polls and voted for him because he bought chicken dinners all over Detroit. Yeah. He was the great white hope of Detroit. Yeah. He was. And chicken dinners, really? You sure said right. be bought by chicken dinners. I, you say what right. I, I can't No, I'm serious. I'm like, really? You, chicken dinners? You need to think about yourself and your own self-value work that you can get. was egg get. in Detroit the next year. I'm sure there was. <laughs> Oh yeah, egg prices went up <laughs> right. at least by two dollars like that. This, Seriously, you're gonna get okay, but it's still I hear people now saying they want to draft Shree to be mayor of Detroit. Never live no, thank here. You. Never live here a day away. in his life. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Didn't uh, even, did not even campaign that much in Detroit. What at he did all. was buy. He bought a lot of black support. Yeah. But bought. Yes. Operative word is bought. Yes. Bought. Yes, he bought. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, no. Well, I'm just adding to your. Not even a big <laughs> secret, but at least Mike Dugan, I will say for him, to get some people that used to work for him to say he did something for the DMC. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever heard anybody work for Shrew come forward and talk about what a great employer he was. <laughs> now, I'm serious. Mm -hmm. He claimed to be a job creator. Mm -hmm. He claimed to have scientific solutions to problems like Flint's water crisis. Mm -hmm. There are available solutions. Mm -hmm. The Army has these water purification units mm -hmm. that they could have sent in. No, he sends 10,000 plastic bottles of water up to Flint. Yeah. Oh, okay, is that, is that helping the environment? At all, no, no, definitely not. Absolutely not. Okay, 
Does Flint only have 10,000 people? You, you sent 10,000 bottles of water to supply a whole what's, city. What's that supposed to do for anybody? Like, that's just one bottle for 10,000 people. What are you supposed to do? You're going to drink plastic, it. The plastic. Yeah, yeah the they have a huge problem now. The engineers could have redone the water facility. Even when we go to war, and I come from a, a veteran family, one of the first things that we rebuild in the country that we invade and destroy is the water system. Well, one so, of the first things that you put there, because the soldiers have to drink water, true. is the effing water system. Absolutely. Right. There's yeah. a group over in my neighborhood called the Riyadh, the Gamma Think Tank, that came in the neighborhood and showed us how to build these big old water tanks. Shree's the scientist. The best he could do is 10,000 <laughs> But that's okay. the, type, the type of solution that mm -hmm. people believe from Mike Dugan mm -hmm. as well because they just didn't think it through. He didn't fix the street light. At all. That was something already in place by the jerky uh, emergency manager mm -hmm. before he took office and he did not follow he did not yeah talk to your ID he did not follow <laughs> up to make sure that they were working properly and they're not and that they were so oh hell no my neighborhood we used to have a well-lit street before we mm -hmm. got saved by the carpet baggers yeah thank my street's pretty so dark much thank you for advocating our demise and think thank that you're you. advocating for thank us. Thank you for being able to look down here, down this street, and see how many small businesses have gone out of business. If you're not affiliated with uh, Gilbert, just like, oh shit, we're going to pressure you to pay a mint for green light. <laughs> Which, oh my God, I hate, I'm sorry, I can't Okay, the average small business already had a camera system in place. They had to replace what they had invested with a far more expensive system. You pay $400 for a sign, which, guess who, Mr. Gilbert, is one of the people selling us? Why, in this age of technology, can't you just put a barcode on the sign and email it to somebody in a business? They got a printer. They could have a, for $400, they could buy a printer big enough to make a sign this big. You're paying $400 for, for a sign. And neat. that says green light. Right, and right. the green light sounds costs Sounds like a racket. Sounds like a junket. What it sounds mm. like, you know, going further back in our history to when the purple gang reigned in Detroit. This tea's getting high off. Yes. It's a protection Scalding. racket. That's all it is. It's, it's, you yep. pay for people that should be protecting you to do their effing job. And meanwhile, mm -hmm. the other people who are also paying them don't get protection because they didn't pay this little extra money. It's a racket. Yeah. And, and, and it's definitely a racket and it's an injustice because the two businesses, the non-green light one and the green light one, they both pay the same property taxes and business yeah. taxes. They yeah. do. That's messed up. They this is a, this is a mafia racket. Taxes. They pay the, the same does. property taxes. Oh, but the people selling them don't. Dan Gilbert gets to keep his city taxes. Right, it gets recycled into the downtown Detroit Authority so it can fund all this cute shit down here that's and, not for us. And then Cough, they cough. give him the ability to negotiate for our city in bringing in other businesses. And people don't know how blessed they were that he didn't convince Amazon to come here because part of that deal was that they were not going to pay taxes. Uh, and, and we were going to give them money. We, why are we giving somebody money to build the building? We gave them the land. That's right. like upside down. We can't live there, but right. we're kicking out all of this money. By the time that this loan and the loans for the arenas are paid off, they will no longer be in use. The city will be an empty husk. But so. I mean, it, just think about the logic of it. Joe Lewis 
when we paid it off, the pistons were already out in Oakland. Yeah, on Auburn Hills. They right? were not out there for 30 years. Okay, Joe Lewis has been torn down. The stadium they operated in out there was vacant and probably going to be torn down. The average life expectancy of a sports venue in Detroit is not 30 years, but we're doing 30 year loans. So it's. We're getting robbed. Yeah. Blind daylight. Rain, snow, sleet, and hill. We're getting robbed all year round. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to repeat, what Siri said this right we're paying all resources that could go to our transit system to our, our schools children. our libraries our babies our neighborhoods it's going for the privilege of having jobs that most of the people in the city cannot even get or qualify for because of the education system as right. well too. and that they, they got will fucked up. that do not enhance the city's infrastructure because the people that get these jobs working for Gilbert, their taxes don't go to the city either. So what perfect. good does it do the city to bring all these jobs in? Okay, you people don't, they don't buy houses, so they don't pay property taxes. Their city work tax goes to Dan Gilbert. What? is the benefit to the city. I mean, these people, okay, they're not sleeping on a sewer grate, but... Uh... He's making all the money back that he's paying them, essentially, because, okay, I, I got my cute little, you know, QL job, 80 hours a week and stuff like that, and you got all these anemones, because if I didn't have all these anemones, I'd be stressed and burned out. Yeah. And then I go get a nice little $15 sandwich. That Part of that $15 is going back to the person paying me. Okay. There's some company and store stuff. What you have to, to realize too, most of the people that they're attracting are your age mm -hmm. or millennials, millennials. Gen X. Yeah. At some point, no matter how callow and selfish they are, the idea of having a family occurs to them. What's here for a family? Nothing. The education system no, has been stripped. There's no schools. Right. There's few libraries. Um, very few Not children pro programs for children or parks rec centers or yeah. rec centers are dis uh, disappear not mm -hmm. disappear and the safety disappear. safety is rocky so these people move back where they came from which mm -hmm. is where they've already been using as an address so they can get lower insurance rates and not pay the Detroit taxes that two percent they'll pay that one percent suburban well, rate they, well they're yeah they're not gonna pay anything for living in an apartment you don't pay taxes on living in an apartment no. like you do on owning a home but those apartments are owned by Dan Gilbert and he doesn't pay taxes and Nine times out of ten, don't pay his water bill. It's golden hot tea. Oh. Golden okay. hot. Yeah. You got, you got families losing our houses, here. so they don't pay their water bills. But we don't pay our water bills in the hood. We lose our house. Right. You were saying something about the water fountains too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who's paying the water bill for that? Hell if I know. Like, who owns? Who owns? Who owns that water fountain? I don't even think that park's the public water, no more. This is. It was supposed to have been a public park, just like Grand Circus Park, but Gilbert tried to keep people from marching and handing out flyers over there. It's supposed to be public, though. Yeah, yeah well, so you, should be you able to know, do it. because the public really needs a fake beach in the middle Oh, my God, that little sand pit. Nowhere near the riverfront, no less, either. Right. Nowhere. Okay, why Spirit Plaza when we have Heart Plaza. A, a Heart Plaza, which is on the river, mm -hmm. has a fountain, has an amphitheater, used to have a lot of really nice restaurants. Yeah. We used to have amazing festivals there. Mm -hmm. What is planned for Heart Plaza? Because obviously it's planned that it's going to be it's it's only there for uh, three days a year for movement. <laughs> From what I saw, I can tell. And no, they had a they had an African festival of I, some yeah, sort there last year. It got it got moved to Charles H. Wright Museum. 
No, that was there too. That's been there. For oh, years. has it? Yes, dear. No, they had they had the African and Caribbean festival. They had it mushed maybe, together over there. Maybe because a friend of mine had a had a booth over there last year. Mm -hmm. That's where I got my Detroit hat oh. that I'm not wearing. My girl. <laughs> so let's bring it back. How can new Detroit activists, the carpetbaggers, so to speak, show respect? and better collaborate with Detroit activists and activist groups that have been here for years working to improve our community. So how, how do you think that they could show more respect and kind of integrate themselves actually? Well, first off, that would have to be in their program mm -hmm. or something they wanted to heart. do. And I'm, I'm not seeing that that's their agenda. What I see their agenda of being is taking things taking over. over. As I yeah. say, they have a paternalistic attitude <laughs> toward us. You black people can't figure out how to do stuff without us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know better. Mm -hmm. We know better. We know what you need. Or as one of them told me, I was a racist because I wouldn't let myself be led by uh, her agenda. That is cute. Uh, our neighborhood has a park. That Dolores Bennett Park, mm -hmm. which used to be a den of iniquity and drug selling. Whoa. And Miss Dolores Bennett organized the neighborhood and they took the park back, cleaned it up, and turned it into a nice family spot in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. When our incomers arrive, they want to make it into something else that they feel is an improvement. They put one of those MoGo stations here. And it's just one thing. And we surveyed the older kids and they said they didn't want the younger kids on the basketball court. Who gives us? Yeah, right. Okay, why? Okay, first off, there is nothing but vacant land in Detroit's North End. Mm -hmm. Build yourself your own effing park. Mm -hmm. Do not take over one that that much neighborhood sweat equity has gone mm -hmm. into. If you, there is plenty of room to build something. Mm -hmm. Why must you take over something? And that's what I see about it is this, this desire, instead of creating to take over something that's already mm -hmm. been created and with a struggle and with a sacrifice. Right. You're here. Ask us, and don't ask some teenagers, ask some adults <laughs> that own property and have struggled to hold on to it, real, what real they soft. want. Real right. soft. Yeah. And don't tell us what we need either. But exactly. that's the respect is asking with us and saying, how can we work with exactly. you? And having a racial equity and racial justice mindset. Because if you're going to organize in a majority black and POC city, because we have Bengali individuals, Arabic individuals, Spanish speaking individuals here from Central and South America. And Livonia is not another country. And Birmingham and Pleasant Ridge are not other countries. Right. Mm -hmm. So you are not an immigrant, you're just an invader in general. Yeah, I, I can't say any more about that. Right. Just just learn how to respect work, respect and work with black folks instead of over. Like I say, as Dr. King said, I ain't asking you to go for me. I'm asking you to come with, with me. You. And I'm definitely not asking you to lead me. I'm asking for your support. And if you cannot support my objectives, get out the way. Get out the way. Go back where you came from. Right. Don't try and to shut me if down. You, if yeah. you want to fight racism, there's more of it where you came from than there is here. So go back there and fix it. If you want to fight racism, fight it within yourself first. Check yourself first. Know your racial internal biases that's, first. That's Do a racial implicit bias test. But first, Most many first fix where it originates. And it's not me. Right. It's you. It's not my job. And it's, right. it's not my job to justify myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And another thing is don't disregard our intellect and our intelligence. 
that's another thing that yes. I see as a theme is that we're spoken to like we're fucking stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, basically. Yeah, well, that's part of the whole thing. They can't figure out their own destiny. We're going to figure it out for them. No, thank you. Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much, Siri. <laughs> We're going to wrap this thank up with a bit of housekeeping. So much, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. We couldn't find a better way. To end this These season. This would be the most embarrassing thing since I was on this TV show about women <laughs> who couldn't live without a man. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Wow. Okay, that's, that's, that's behind the scenes, Pete. <laughs> I'm going to need you to tell me once we stop recording. But Raynard, let's take that off. Well, yeah, but Raynard, <laughs> let's um, get into some housekeeping. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to let you all know that DART is a new way to pay for transit. Say before you pay, no more transfers, no more additional fees. Pay once and ride on both Smart and DDOT, or DDOT and Smart, whichever way you catch the bus. All this information and more is also on the DDOT website at DetroitMI.gov. I'll spell it out for you. D-E-T-R-O-I-T-M-I dot G-O-V. And I want to give you all a very important reminder. This August 15th, the DDOT Community Input Meetings will resume. August 15th, Thursday, at the Rosa Parks Transit Center on the second floor from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We better see you there. We want to see you there because don't you want to see you there? Yes. Yes. And also, um, our lovely Siri has made a petition. Change.org to keep the meetings at Rosa Parks Transit Center. Uh, the idea of a change of location was broached by some folks who drive uh, without, okay. without regard to the feelings of the majority who voted to have the meetings held at Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. And we need DDOT to hear us right. and stop talking at us mm-hmm. and where can they uh go to sign this petition on uh, what page they can go on the page keep woodward on woodward and see a link to it or if you're not on facebook you can go directly to change.org and the petition says uh keep monthly community meetings at rosa parks transit center All right. so you can look it up that way perfect and we'll also put in our do better d dot facebook page as well as our twitter and our instagram and speaking of facebook twitter and instagram you guys have really really been coming out for us thank like you. you show up and you show out thank you so much for the support keep talking to us um if you want to send us funny stories scary stories whatever Go ahead and send it to dobetterd.gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's dobetterd.gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you forget that, just send it to us uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. Do better D dot. Just search for yeah. Do Better D dot. Slide in them DMs. Slide in our DMs. We want some stories too. And it's sincerely from all of us. I really want to thank you all for for riding with us these ten episodes. Oh my God. Yeah. And I want to sincerely thank all of our guests, including Siri today, for making Do Better D dot. A space for bus riders. Finally, a podcast for us, and we really want DDOT to do better. Yes, we do. So yeah, with that, with our season finale, um, we're going to be going on a nice little break, a little hiatus, about two to three weeks. But we'll continue to update you guys on social media, and just know that we're working hard to bring you even better content for season two. Oh my God, we got a lot of excited, um, a lot of exciting episodes planned for y'all in season two so y'all stay tuned and if y'all um y'all can't wait listen to our older episodes too we got some greatest hits yes we (laughs) do all right guys so once again i'm sam i am ray and you were listening to the do better d dot podcast bye bye see y'all next season next season i never see you in pets but if you know anybody that likes